Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. from that um, 
from that disease. Um, I know you are living examples of the healthiest approach to life that you can find, and you also uh, focus on natural treatments and holistic approaches on your radio show. Uh, And we've talked about your dedication to giving listeners Uh, back to themselves by way of empowering them with what you know. Do you want to take us a little bit through your history and how this all came to be? Well, I'll I'll start, Tack, if that's okay. And this is Brenda. Uh, My history was in media for several years, a different type of media, although I did radio in Los Angeles for about two years. I did television in Los Angeles and some film work in Los Angeles when I was living there. Uh, Prior to that, I was uh, in corporate America in the mortgage business for many years. And I was living this life that I, you know, that I think everybody is taught to live. You know, you strive to do your best and be your best and compete to be better and better, um, to raise yourself up on the ladder of wherever that is. And that's, uh, you know, you're striving for something more all the time. And it it really isn't about, and it wasn't about for me, about checking in with my feelings or being spiritually involved in my life. Although I was raised in a Protestant church, I sang in the choir, I taught Sunday school, I did all of that. But I got away from all that religion when I graduated and went out into the world. And when I went out into the world... My whole goal was to, you know, I was going to take the world by its tail and uh, do the very <laughs> best I could. Yeah, and and I really, I moved to, to Hollywood because at that time I was very much in my ego, if you will, which, you know, is not a bad thing until it takes over, but I was going to be a famous actress. That was my goal um, when I moved there, and that was many, many, many years, and that was right up until the time where God had other plans for me, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, do you want well, to yes, say? yes. Uh, Go on from oh, there. All right, and so you're you're in you're in LA. You're doing the auditioning mm-hmm. thing. You're you're mm-hmm. trying to uh, make a career as an actress. And uh, mm-hmm. then what happened? Well. Um, Early before I went to L.A., I'll just back up for a moment, Um, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer at a very young age, in my 20s, and that was before I got into the um, acting business, and uh, that diagnosis led to a hysterectomy, and they felt they got all the cancer, and I kind of went on with my merry, you know, on my merry way with my life. I went through a really awful divorce and uh, thought I had recovered from that. And the reason I'm bringing these up, these issues up is because, you know, we, we, we are taught to get on with our lives. We don't, we're not taught to grieve much. We're not taught to heal from those things that really affect our lives. And that was sort of me. I was just going to, okay, I'm single now, and I got out of a very abusive marriage, and I'm just going to get on with my life. And I was going to get on with it in a big way. And when I moved to L.A., I was a newlywed, and it wasn't Rob I was married to at the time. It was my second husband. I was a newlywed, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer in my left breast. And a little history on that, it was misdiagnosed for nearly two years. 
because I found the lump. I had doctors checking me over, and and I was not involved enough in my own life to really take charge of it and to find out what was going on. And I didn't even know that they could do a biopsy in the doctor's office, so I never asked about it, and they never did one. And a little over two years later, I was finally in such pain with this breast. Um, I was doing a modeling job in L.A., and this was acting and modeling, and uh, the gal that I worked for said, what's up with you? You're not sparkling, and I told her, and she sent me to her doctor, and it was diagnosed two days later. And I, I was um, on the operating table within about a week losing my left breast. And then a year later, from a mammogram, it was detected in my right breast and down in my lymph nodes. And same thing, back on the operating table losing my right breast. And this time, and, and I was very lucky with the first one, or blessed, if you will, because that, that particular tumor was contained in my left breast, but it had spread in my right breast. And then I had a history of cancer from the cervical cancer, so they were impressing upon me to do chemotherapy and radiation. And wow. something in me screamed no. And and I was frightened. I didn't know what to do, but I heard this very loud no to that procedure. And ultimately, I turned it down. I walked away. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I did get on my hands and knees for the first time, and I started to pray, and things started to shift and change from that that moment forward. That was 30 years ago. Wow, that's a very powerful story that's a powerful story and so all right so the you were then actively praying and uh, to whom and for what or uh, what what did your prayers consist of i was praying for guidance because i didn't know what to do and i was in terrible fear so i was praying for guidance and believe it or not it was the first time when I was praying, and I was praying in earnest, that I opened myself up and I heard an inner voice. And I had never heard an inner voice before. And I heard this inner voice, and it began to speak to me, and it really began to help guide me along. And it really helped me to stay strong, to not do the chemotherapy and the radiation, but to find out what was underneath the cancer for me? Why was my body producing cancer? And I couldn't get any answers from the doctors. And I had some of the best physicians at Cedars-Sinai, and they could not answer my questions. So I started to really turn inward, meditate. I learned to meditate, to turn inward to that inner voice, to connect to who I really am, the spirit of me, my higher power, and that was really the turning point for me with the cancer. Wow, and what did that inner voice tell you to do? Well, one of the things that it did is it suggested I talk to my cancer. And so in meditation, I asked the cancer what it wanted from me, and it said love. And that, like, shocked me 
And it shocked me so much, it kind of threw me out of my meditation. And I was afraid to go back in and confront that because I thought if I loved it, it would grow and multiply and eventually kill me. But when I got back into meditation, it took me about a month to go in and sit down and talk to the cancer again. I said that I was afraid that if I love you, you will multiply and take my life. And what, the, what I heard was that love doesn't cause anything to grow. It transforms everything it touches. And wow. that was that big wow, wake up. All the bells and whistles went off, and I knew that what I really needed to do was transform my life, transform what I believed, transform how I felt, transform my thought process processes, transform and begin to love myself and let go of all of the negativity and the toxic stuff I was hanging on to, and I was hanging on to a lot. And you were how old, Brenda? I turned 70 a week ago. No, no, at the time. (laughs) Thank you for telling me that. No, at the time, how old were you? Oh, um, I was, let, let me see, 30, I was... 42. 42. Wow, and so that's a very young age to have such an insight and a life-changing moment. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can Mm -hmm. we call it a miracle? Um, I think you could, but here's what I feel, and here's what I know for myself, and here's what I've learned. I believe we all sign up for different experiences each lifetime we come here. And I believe I signed up for this experience of cancer. There was great purpose for it in my life. Um, And I could learn a lot from that experience, which I did. And it's why I titled my book, The Gift of Cancer, A Miraculous Journey to Healing. Because what that experience taught me has brought me to this very moment in my life, which is completely not what I would have imagined for myself back in my 30s and 40s. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, I think the phrase uh, that we hear often is, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So <laughs> yeah. it, it really yeah. comes into play here in that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the less we plan, but the deeper we go inside, the more we learn, the more we know, and the more we can share. And the more we surrender, that is a big word, and I use it often because it takes really not getting rid of the ego, but teaching the ego that it is safe to be integrated with spirit, with the spirit of who you are, and that that spirit will guide the ship. And the ego is back there to support that and have the courage to take the action steps we need to take. And so surrendering that part of us that is holding on to negative, toxic beliefs, maybe toxic relationships, certainly a toxic relationship with the self, unforgiveness, lack of compassion, all of those are elements of creating dis-ease 
in the body. And that's really what I learned was I had a disease that was outpicturing my dis-ease. Right, and a lot of people think, uh, you know, back uh, back in the movies, uh, the sky fills up with the word surrender Dorothy, and we think that we have to give up something, that we have to, that we don't have freedom in that moment. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your feeling about surrender. Well, surrender to me is a powerful way to live. We get to choose. And, and what people, I don't think a lot of people understand is, we're actually choosing moment to moment in our lives every day. And, our, and a great deal of our power comes from our choices that we're making. So are we living in mindfulness or awareness where we're actually making choices each day about when we wake up in the morning, do we choose to wake up and embrace the day and greet the day? Or do we choose to wake up and go, oh, God, another day? That's a choice. We get to choose how we feel. Our feelings are not that. They're automatic only when we, we live in unawareness, when we live as robots, when we create patterns that are negative in that way, and those patterns run us until we surrender to our higher power and ask for healing, and then we have to do the healing work, which involves forgiveness, which involves compassion, which involves self-honesty, which involves being okay with confronting and saying, I'm afraid, and asking for help and guidance through those fears. All of those things are choices, and they're all available to us every day until or if we make ourselves so busy and we are so distracted with the outer world that we really don't pay attention to those things that are going on inside. And so we are not the ones in charge. Our patterns are in charge. Our subconscious is in charge. But we are not consciously in charge when we live that way. And I lived all those years of my life up until the dawning or awakening that I had, I lived exactly like that. So what, you, what I hear you saying is that uh, we need to take time. We not need to take time to meditate, to be still. We need to listen mm-hmm. to that clear inner still voice. And from that place, the wisdom and the guidance will emerge. Yes, I think what I'm really saying, CAC, is we need to make ourselves that important. And I don't mean it from a selfish perspective. I mean it from a self-loving perspective. We need to love ourselves enough to give to ourselves first, and then we're going to have plenty to give to others. Most people are giving from a place of bankruptcy. They don't have much to give. They're not giving it to themselves, and they have deluded themselves into thinking they're giving to others. But you can't give what you don't have. Well, a lot of people don't know where to begin. 
They don't know. Some people have to have a dramatic experience, a um, mm-hmm. a life-threatening one, and out mm-hmm. of that they might take time to say, let me understand this life which seems at this moment to be fleeting, so let me figure out what I can do. Sometimes it does that. How can we take a softer approach? How can we encourage others with the knowledge that you have? How can we encourage others to start now, to begin that self-examination that will lead them into self-direction? The best way that I have found, Kat, is by example. When you really love yourself, you have so much love to give, and people feel it. They feel it, and they want that for themselves. And that's when they get curious, and they ask, you know, how can you be so happy every day? You seem so calm in all the chaos. Things like that come to the surface, and people notice. Now, maybe they're too busy to notice. And if they are, then that's okay. There is no judgment here. If one way or another, we're going to get it. We're going to learn one way or another. Some of us go kicking and screaming like I did, and some actually get curious, and they get so fatigued and so overwhelmed and so saturated that they finally just kind of have to give, give in. And sometimes it even feels like giving up. But that's what it takes sometimes for that surrender to happen. Hopefully, I'd love people to be more curious and not have to go, they get kicked in the head route or be so exhausted that they they just have nowhere to turn. But But your spirit knows what it takes for each individual to awaken your spirit will do in love whatever it takes to call you home so whatever it takes it takes let's talk to rob for a few moments uh rob you are part of this duo and you are a um the co-anchor the co-host of uh conscious talk radio Bring me up to date on your story, Rob. How did you and Brenda well, I, get together, and, and how did you become conscious? Well, uh, my story started a little earlier in some sense um, because I was living a pretty much a, a, a charmed and, and I now understand a pretty privileged life growing up in a suburb of Boston and having gone to an Ivy League school and, you know, had all of those advantages. Um, I left the day after I graduated from college for L.A. and ended up uh, first working in my early 20s for ABC News. And it was in my early 20s at the age of just before I was 24 um, that I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the interesting thing about that was up to the day that I finally had a tumor Uh, poke through the surface, or in other words, I became aware of it under my arm, Um, I felt uh, and looked like a physical specimen. I played rugby and football in college and, you know, was really in great shape. 
And so I was shocked more than anyone to discover that there was really something wrong. Um, but what happened in my process, uh, I guess in some ways I was luckier than Brenda uh, uh, in that at my first biopsy, in other words, when they opened me up to see what was going on with this tumor and discovered there were many tumors in my chest cavity, um, I had no choice. Conventional medicine set me free. Um, they had no treatment. Uh, and as we learned later, I had a similar um, strain of, uh, of cancer to uh, Jacqueline Onassis Kennedy. And she had all the money in the world to throw at it, and it didn't make a difference. So um, I think the thing I learned early on was that when the need arises, so the teachers arrived. <laughs> And that set me off on a, uh, a spiritual and natural health path at a very early age. But what's interesting, Kak, and it's kind of in parallel to what Brenda had said at her big aha moment, I can remember exactly the moment when it turned for me. And that was this, again, you know, a similar voice within saying, you know, if you could create this, you can uncreate it. And on an intellectual level, I looked at that as a very naive thought. <laughs> I was sure I was going to die, but it stuck with me. And uh, as time went on and I gained more clarity, uh, I started to realize that I really hadn't felt well for probably 10 years. And I think there are a lot of people walking around out there operating at a very low level um, when they could be operating at an optimal health level. And, you know, that was my experience. I, there I was, and it was a long road and a very studious and totally involved one to change everything about my life and regain my health. Well, what was your first step when you uh, decided to do that? Where where did you go to seek better health? And well, my, uh, my first steps actually were um, to start researching natural health. And as I said, the teachers started to arrive. This was before there were many books. This was in the 70s. And uh, there weren't a lot of books on natural health. I mean, now on the Internet and in bookstores, there's so much information and so many different approaches. But basically, um, I was led down a path of uh, detoxification and, um, you know, heavy nutrition. I ultimately ran into a um, what we would call an alternative MD, although in those days he was, he was a psychiatrist and a... Um, uh, I was trying to, and an internist, that was his specialty. But he was dealing with people who were only, uh, who were suffering from arthritis and cancer, or, even though that he wasn't really supposed to be. But what he believed was, and I totally embraced it, if you give your body what it needs, um, it will heal better than any directives you could get from a doctor. It knows what to do. It just needs to have the materials to work with. So I started on that very physical path, and things definitely improved, but I didn't quite get to optimal health 
until I realized that it was a holistic problem that included spiritual and emotional work. The, the gift of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is that it keeps returning. <laughs> and so, um, oh, you know, my blood counts would get terrible. I mean, my T-cell counts, I was, it was like being an AIDS patient before anybody knew what AIDS was. My T-cell counts would go so low um, that, you know, no one could believe it. But it wasn't until I combined the nutritional elements and the spiritual and emotional work um, that things really turned around and, and the cancer never returned. That's amazing. Was there like one day when you went in for testing and they said, nope, it's gone, Rob, you're clean? Yeah, actually, um, there was, and it's kind of the, the thing that's interesting. I don't tell this story a lot because um, it, it it hinges a lot on the metaphysical that people don't believe in, although I think um, many of us have had experiences. Uh, I think the thing, the, the quest uh, of my life was really, and I would say it's probably the purpose of everyone that comes to this planet, is to actually discover who you are. You know, our purpose is to uncover all of those things that we accept culturally and the realities handed to us by our parents and our ministers and teachers and whomever that we take on as our own, and we have our own mission. And I realized when I looked back and was able to uncover some of the things that happened to me growing up, um, I had a lot of metaphysical experiences. I had a lot of visitations. I was saved a number of times um, from you know, accidental death, I guess is the easiest way, almost falling off a cliff and a number of other things that happened where there was some kind of intervention that I then sort of pushed under the surface. But I always knew that I was different underneath the way that I appeared to the rest of the world. I was a very successful kid. I did all of those things right, president of my class, captain of my football team, yada-da, 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 um, but I never felt complete. I always felt there was something missing, and it was that understanding that I actually was a spirit, um, you know, having this human experience. I mean, as, as trite as that sounds and as trite as we've made it in the spiritual community, um, when you get that <laughs> on the deepest levels, then everything else becomes okay. Well, that is both of you have had remarkable um awakenings. And so now I'm just going to jump right into this. Now you were both not only uh, doing an amazing job with your conscious talk radio and you're putting that out on the airwaves uh, every day in the Seattle area, but you also are healers yourself. So talk to me about the radio show and tell me about the healing that you do. Well, well, I, I just want to say something quickly about the radio show. Um, we started it in 2001, uh, and the idea, the mission of the show was to give people back to themselves. And I've got to say, we had this kind of naive thought. It's what you talk about with Brenda before. 
um, we thought, well, you know, it was so difficult. We went through so many difficult routines and things to get well and to move through cancer, uh, arduous things that wouldn't it be nice if we could tell our story and we could share the things we learned and people wouldn't have to go through that. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I think that our general experience has been people do need to have to go through that dark night of the soul, you know, most people to really dig in. But at any rate, the joy of doing the show, we've done the show for over 18 years. It will be 19 years in August. Up until January 1st, we were five days a week morning drive, which is uh, broadcast radio, which is unheard of for our kind of subject matter, consciousness. Um, But really, you know, we could talk about anything. And since January 1st, because we felt that we wanted to take on more healing clients, we're now three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we have a couple of days where we can um, actually work with clients directly. Now, how did your two spirits hook up? How did you find oh, that? <laughs> that? That's a very cool story, yeah. actually. Um, this gal that I had only met one time because I was uh, going through, I also went on a nutritional program as well as Rob, and I sort of went, Back from backwards from what Rob did, he went after the nutritional stuff right away. I went after the spiritual, emotional right away, and then moved into the nutritional. And I was living in Seattle, and um, this was right before I'd already been in LA, lived in LA for over a year, and then the uh, if you might remember, CAC, the writers' strike and um, actors' strike happened, and work yes. stopped. It just stopped completely. Well, my husband at the time was a, um, he was a, not a camera person, but um, videographer. And there was no work. And so we packed up, because we didn't have any extra money, we packed up and moved back to Seattle because we had to come back and get work. And in Seattle, he was a builder, and he had a partner there. He could go right back into that. So I moved um, temporarily back to Seattle, and this woman told me about the scale that I needed to go see, that she had healing abilities, etc. And I and I had not been exposed to any of that metaphysical type healing, channeling, any of that. And she channeled, and I went to see her, and uh, we co- we connected after. The channeling was over. I really liked her. I was pretty blown away by the whole thing. And then I ended up with my husband. Things turned around again, and we moved back to L.A. And I'm in L.A. on my program, what I called my program, healing program. And I had an unlisted phone number, and this is many, many, many months later, probably over a year later, and I'm now separated from my husband. And I get this phone call, and it's this gal. And she, I, I said, how did you get my number? And she said, oh, that's not important. What's important is you're going to write a book about your experience. And, of course, that took me back because I'm not a writer. I'm an actress. 
And I said that to her, and she just laughed. And she said, "You're gonna, you're gonna write a book, and I have someone that's gonna help you." And she told me about Robert Spears, and she said, "I've already notified him that you're gonna call him. You need to call him, and you need to meet with him." And I was in huge resistance. And finally, she wasn't gonna let me off the phone till I promised I would. So I promised her, and I always. Call- carry through on my promises so the next day I called him and he was waiting for my call and I was going to put him off I was going to put him off for three or four weeks and he says uh, no we, we need to meet right away he said I, he was selling his house leaving LA yeah the funny thing was that I'd had a call from the same woman who'd been a very good friend of mine for almost 20 years and I watched her uh, as she grew into her um, channeling and all of that and, you know, became – it was actually a walk-in, uh, which is a whole other story. But uh, she was one of those people that came into my path when I needed um, help. And she said, you're going to get a call from someone named Brenda. Take the call. And I'd just come back from uh, a week in Sedona um, studying. And uh, I, when Brenda called, I took the call. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, please, you know, not a blonde actress. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who showed up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at any rate, we, we both, there was something special about that, uh, uh, about the message. So we decided to have lunch. And my house was actually in escrow. I was leaving L.A. to move to Washington State where I bought a farm. You know, I was escaping from L.A., as they say. And Rob was going to help me write my book. She told me that Rob was a very good writer. He had a similar experience to mine, and he was going to help me write my book. And so when after we got together, and we, we actually met two days later and talked for like three hours. It was instant recognition. I really liked him. He had a great sense of humor, very intelligent very kind, and um, we talked about the book project, and he offered to help me. So we started working on on my book. And this is, oh, I don't know, probably a year later, and he shows up on my doorstep. Yeah, we were commuting. I was commuting back and forth because I still had some things to do in L.A. I was married to a casting director, and um, she was still had some projects, so we went back and forth from the farm. Uh, and yeah, I I got this message. <laughs> and and Brenda, you tell him. Well, he got this message. He and his wife were splitting up. I was already split up. He got this message from this uh, psychic friend, and he shows up at my doorstep with a bouquet of white roses and lilies and says, we have to talk. And he came in and handed me these beautiful flowers, and we sat down, and he said, um, I have something I need to tell you. And he and I said, okay. And I thought he was going to tell me he was backing out of the book project. But what he told sure. me was, I'm in love with you. And I got very upset <laughs> because I wasn't in love with him. And I thought, how dare he? He's going to ruin the book project now. This is going to get in the middle of everything. <laughs> and and I, was, I was really kind of pissed. 
And um, I kind of sent him off on his way. And we didn't do any work together or talk for like three or four weeks. And then finally, um, he convinced me to, to fly up to the farm and um, work on the book together for the weekend. And I finally relented, and I flew up and got there in Portland. And he had about a two-hour drive to pick me up. He picked me up. We drove all the way back to the farm. And when we got out of his, his uh, Jeep, I said, where's my luggage? <laughs> and I had been so upset <laughs> that I completely forgot my luggage at the airport. So it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and he said, well, let's go back and get it. And it was on the drive back that I, my little voice started to talk again, and it said, open up, open up. I heard it three times, open up. And um, so I listened, and I opened up to him that weekend, and the rest is history. Yeah, sometimes it takes an eight, eight hours of driving to finally break down and open up a relationship. And we've been together ever since. Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, praise to the lost luggage, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so then you guys had similar awakenings you had similar experiences uh now you're together and and then what do you decide to do it's okay now you're happy but neither one of you is going to sit still for that you're going to have to reach out and make a splash in the world so what did you do next well we we actually finally got together i left la he came and got me i left la we moved up here together and we took a year off took a year off. I was exhausted. He was exhausted. We were going through divorces, a move. Everything was changing. And we got our little heads and hearts together, and we created the radio show. I was doing radio in L.A. I was doing TV on similar subjects, and I wanted to do a radio show again. And we sat down and we created this radio show, the thing of it is, is when we first started it, we started, we had a young man that was helping us, and we were interviewing all these men. I wanted a male co-host, and we were interviewing all these men um, to be my co-host, and they, none of them were in this genre at all, and they they all just kind of took over and ran over the top of me. Yeah, I was just going to produce this because yeah. we thought this is a great way to give back. And, you know, I was He'd always be the in the back. producer and I'd be the host. So while we were auditioning people, it was all about them. We thought a male and a female, okay, it's Brenda, we'll get her a male co-host. And the idea was, uh, unfortunately, with these people was self-promotion. They didn't really <laughs> care about the subject matter so much and they had really big radio it. voices and they were very <laughs> very impressive and you know we were just very frustrated and finally the the engineer who was engineering the audio on this said you know it's all you two talk about all the time is health healing consciousness why don't why doesn't rob do it with you and so and we went oh oh <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> And so we did. And, uh, you know, almost 19 years later. Yeah. 
Wow. And so you guys are, we'll just kind of let people know where you are. Again, it's Conscious Talk Radio, and it streams mm-hmm. live Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific Time. And mm-hmm. it, they can find you at Conscious Talk. Uh, .net, is that right? Correct. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and we have Conscious archives, talk. and also we podcast on, on Podcast One, um, which is podcastone.com forward slash conscious hyphen talk. But, you know, all our archives, all that's free, and we keep a couple years up there. So you know, anytime people want to jump in and learn something, it's all there. Well, now you also do healing. You mentioned earlier that you're you have uh, reduced just three days a week now, so that mm-hmm. you can open up your healing practice. Who do you heal? What do you heal? And how do we find you? Well, one of the things that came to me when we first we we moved from Issaquah or from Seattle area across the water, we have equipment so we can tune into our station when we do our show. So we do it from our home, and we now move. We moved to the peninsula, and um, what started coming in for me was animal communication, and I found myself being able to start communicating with animals, which is something I've always wanted to do. And we had been doing healing work off and on over the years with with people, and so we decided to incorporate that into our healing. So a lot of our clients come and bring their animals to us or we we work with them remotely and and most times what we find out what is going on with their animals is really a reflection of what's going on with their owners and so we end up working with the owners as well yeah because animals are so empathic and and the, the animal practice is newer for us i mean for years i've been working as an energetic healer and um uh, Brenda, uh, you know, had done a lot of um, counseling. You know, we had a, quite a few cancer uh, clients, and we continue to do that. And, and they're all over the country because we can work remotely. Um, what we are about is empowering them. We work with people who really, you know, want to learn the work themselves so they can work on themselves. You know, we're not people who uh, we're not like a um well you know we would like to spend as little time as possible with people in other words we don't we don't want to do all the work for them we want to empower them and so we teach them a lot but i think moving energy would be probably my uh, area of expertise um something that you know developed with me um and i discovered in my 20s you know, when I was going through cancer, just things happened that I couldn't explain, but now I've been able to refine it. And I'm actually um, putting together, uh, I, I look at the world and, and our energetic makeup a little bit differently because I think it's evolved. And so we've gone beyond the old models that we used to work with. So I have a new um, parasympathetic attunement process that seems to be very effective. And we work together. I do some energetic work. I hold the space, but I also do a lot of the counseling, and he does the energetic work, and we work as a team. 
So if someone comes to you with a problem like, I keep attracting the wrong men or the wrong women mm-hmm. into my life, can you help me change that energetic? Uh, what would you do? How would you approach that? Well, that's an energetic pattern. Again, it's a pattern that's been established through a belief system. And I would certainly start working with their beliefs and looking at what their beliefs are and having them take an honest look at that. And um, what are the secondary gains of that for them? Because we don't stay in patterns that don't serve us. So if you're in a pattern, it is serving you on some level. So I help them discover what that is. Rob, at the same time, is looking at the pattern. He sees the pattern. He senses into the energy of the pattern. Yeah, who you are at any time is really the the culmination and combination of these patterns. So many of them are emotional blocks that Uh we're we're stuck in loops. Uh So when you can go and remove those emotional blocks, um, people are free to put something else in that space. Uh You know, it's it's partly uh, working with the subconscious, but it's uh, generally, as we like to say, uh, and there are many others that say this, it's that thoughts are electric and emotions are magnetic. And so those emotional blocks, they may be inconsequential, something that happens to you at the age of three, your brother stole your tricycle, and how you felt about that has an emotional imprint. Well, anytime something else is taken away from you uh, against your will, for the rest of your life, it's kind of attracted to that same pattern. So it grows and grows and grows until it shows up in your life. So that if you can pull that string, all of a sudden you're free to live your own reality and not that one that's dictated by the pattern. Wow. That sounds so simple, and yet it is quite a complex procedure. It is. It is. It is, and that's really, you know, how healing works. Uh, you know, you're, we're looking at all those components. We're looking at, we're, we're getting under the covers, if you will, at an emotional depth and a spiritual depth and a physical depth, and we're certainly looking at a person's thoughts yeah. and thought patterns. Yeah, and the cool thing is is that everybody knows and all of the information that anyone needs to heal is within them. Yes. You know, what we tell our clients first off is, look, we do not know your walk. We don't know the day you'll be leaving this planet, you know, and and evolving on. Um, But we do know that there are lots of opportunities between here and there that you may, you know, work with, um, maybe not to your advantage, (laughs) you know, and illness and and unhappiness and emotional problems and things result, but they can be resolved. Um, You know, healing isn't always about curing. It it certainly is different. You know, sometimes healing happens two seconds before you leave the planet, but we'd like to help people come to those realizations earlier in life so they can fulfill whatever purpose... um, you know, they've chosen, you know. And i I just like to preface something here, Cac, that's very important that we don't want to overlook, is that Rob and I work with our guides, 
in our healing sessions, we get in touch with our guides, and we actually are in touch with, our guides are in touch with the guides of the person or the animal that we're working on. And so when I do say, a, what, before we actually do any work with a client, I do a workup on them with my guides and their guides. Right. They give give us a lot of information that we need to help. Rob and I are simply the instruments of this energy and this wisdom that comes out. We open ourselves up to that. We're the instruments. We're not really doing anything. Yeah, the guides and the and the client are actually doing all of the work. You know, I do a similar um, workup. It's a different kind of reading, an energetic reading, and we combine what information we get to then present, and then our, you know, you can feel it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, our guides work with theirs, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, if healing is meant to happen, then that's, what, that's how it happens. What we do ultimately is to teach people how to get in contact with their own guidance. Mm-hmm. so that they're aware of what's going on. And I like to call it being online, you know, whether they're online with, in line with who they are uh, versus, you know, going offline. <laughs> and once you become aware of what that line is, you know, you know um, to, when to stop doing something that isn't working, et cetera. It's an interesting process. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it sounds fascinating, and um, I'm sure that the listeners are now thinking, how can I find them? How can I get in touch? What's the best way for them to find you and uh, take advantage of your wonderful uh, healing sessions and your guided guidance? Well, I would say probably um, they should email us at info at conscioustalk.net. You know that's the um, you know that's the best way, and then we'll connect. And you could they can also um, get on our website, uh, ConsciousTalk.net. Our phone numbers are on there. Our contact information is on there, and that's a very easy way to get in touch with us. We have yet to and put you, up a website you said for our you healing. Yeah, we've been too busy. We've been so busy. <laughs> And it's all been word of mouth, but we have been extremely busy. We haven't even, we've started looking and creating a a website. We just haven't had time to complete it yet. So the the information to reach us is all that is on ConsciousTalk.net. Okay. And um, as we have just a few minutes left here, I would like to know two things. What would you like us to know about both of you, uh, about yourselves and your work? Uh, uh, tell me what the takeaway you'd like me to have. Mm. Well, I, I, I will say something that we've been talking about on the show that's become a realization for us and has really helped us in our lives, and that is understanding that everything is for us. Uh, you know, life, what we consider life's difficulties, you know, come upon us. And often it takes us a while to understand that everything has a purpose. Um, and we do not attract anything that isn't for us. And if it is in our life, we are capable of handling it. Mm-hmm. 
We so, never give so, it more than we can handle. That's right. That's so, you know, that's kind of baseline, the most important thing that we've learned and, and uh, you know, that I've certainly learned. I think Brenda, you know, would agree with that. That and, and the power of allowing. It's yeah. allowing that to be part of your life. It's allowing that love in. And, and I would say with Rob and I, what, what I would like to um, say about us is that we we absolutely love the work that we're doing. We love being in service this way. It is a joy for us. Um, I, I can't say enough about that. I feel we're in integrity with who we are and what we're here to do. And uh, we, um, we really, really do love it. Um, helping people is and, and animals is really just a, a huge joy in our life. Yeah, and I, I think that's how we look forward with hope, with what's going on in the world, oh, et cetera, oh. because we're, we're transforming to a service economy. And uh, it, it's not serving hamburgers. <laughs> you know, it is about serving each other. And, and our spirit, who we really are, being yeah. in service to the better angels, if you will, of our nature. And I want to thank and you all for a you... wonderful show. Uh, this has been fantastic. Um, I put a link to your website in uh, for folks following us on Facebook. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, that's wonderful. And in, and in closing, do we have just one more minute, Hercules? Yes, you do. Okay, I'd like to know what you would like to tell people uh, that you would like them to know about themselves. That they are magnificent beings. They are at the soul level magnificent beings. And that they, by the virtue of, virtue of them being here, they are deserved to be loved and they are loved beyond measure, and they deserve to be loved, and they deserve to be, period. They are deserving, no matter what their patterns or those beliefs have taught them beyond that. They're beautiful, magnificent souls. Right, and they're doing the work for all of us. Yeah. You know, uh, it's as Tehard Chardin said, uh, paraphrasing, you, you know, we are uh, – deepest within us is that urge to unite and that we're all part of this and everybody's playing their part. Yeah. Yes. Well, if we are transforming into a service uh, atmosphere, service society, how can we serve you? Um, I think you already are. You know, we, we, are, we are so loved and surrounded by so many amazing people. We have amazing guests on our show. We have amazing people, sponsors, advertisers, the station. We love everyone. We are so served, CAC. Yeah, we would just ask that people support those people that are supporting them. And, yeah. you know, choose those sponsors and products and things that actually are good for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Better. and and serve yeah. everyone, yeah. you know. Nurturing can, and loving yeah, to yeah. us. Yeah, we can transform this planet. We can organize around transforming it. 
Well, this has been a transforming hour, and we've been speaking with Brenda Michaels and Rob Spears. They are the co-hosts of Conscious Talk Radio. You can find them at info at ConsciousTalk.net, or you can listen to them online on their website through their uh, th- through all of their stored beautiful programs that they have for everybody. And I just want to extend to you our love and our gratitude for your hour for sharing the beautiful life that you have with us tonight. Thank you, Brenda and Rob. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, many blessings to all of you. We're going to listen to a quick song, um, King of Dreams by Bernd Kedorian, and then we'll be back with Michael DeRussi of Bold Spirits Holistic Concepts. Thank you again to uh, all of you who gave us this wonderful show. Thank you. Thank you, Hercules. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Cac. Thank you so much. You two were fabulous.
And welcome back to the Elysium Project. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and your producer. And I am honored to announce the second part of our show, uh, which is Age of Heroes Optimal Wellness. And we'll be speaking with Michael Delrusi of Bold Spirits Holistic Concepts. Greetings, Michael. How are you? Greetings this evening, Hercules. Uh, it's been a great uh, program so far. And uh, I really enjoyed your guests, and I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy you're here as well. You're doing so many amazing uh, uh, things yourself. You're writing uh, and publishing uh, books and uh, charts and training people and uh, pioneering a lot of holistic techniques. uh, And it's always a pleasure to be uh, speaking with you. Um, So what has been new and exciting? Well, thank you for the opportunity. I would like to begin a series, if I can, starting this evening, uh, titled uh, Body Sculpting Revelations. And basically what I thought I'd do uh, is share some of what I've learned since, well, I guess over 40 years uh, being involved with body sculpting and training and what have you. And, uh, you know, I was listening to the spiritual influences of your other guests and it reminded me of when I was young, I trained in two different gyms. I trained in Gateway Gyms in um, Bloomfield, and I trained at Diamond Gyms in uh, Maplewood, I believe. Uh, a Mr. America by the name of John Kemper had owned that gym at that time. And before then, you know, I was always the guy, even in uh, uh, junior high, I was always the guy in the back of the class, and I never really was. It was hard for me to uh, apply myself 
to what everyone else was doing. But uh, I was, as I was listening to your other guests, it reminded me of the powerful influence the Greco-Roman world had on me, even back then in my youth. It was a place I really escaped to. I didn't know anything else, and it was hard for me to apply myself to anything else. But I knew this. When I studied the Corinthian columns and the Appian Way and the Parthenons of both Greece and Rome, I knew that that powerful influence of the Greco-Roman culture uh, was a place to escape, was a place to get away. And in some odd dream world, if you will, uh, that was my refuge. Uh, the Olympians of, of Greece, and the, uh, though the Romans were a bit more brutal, the games of Rome, the gladiators and what have you, and I was just thinking about that as I was listening to your prior program, thinking about well, how that was, that was my escape. I'm about to uh, – I sent you an email earlier uh, that I sent mm-hmm. out to our, our hosts and regular guests and co-hosts. And uh, um, currently unfolding is a uh, local mm-hmm. fringe uh, cable show. Um, mm-hmm. And that is going to be one of the primary uh, topics and I was thinking of having you on as a uh, guest on occasion uh, so that we could explore uh, uh, this very topic. So um, I am glad to hear that this is your uh, refuge. It happens to be mine. So uh, we could do something very interesting <laughs> by sharing uh, our common experiences with others. So uh, I leave uh, it that back. That sounds to- exciting, and I would love to. Uh, awesome. There's an energy. There's an energy all its own. In the Greco-Roman experience, and by experience, of course, I mean the cultures, this, the architecture, uh, the excitement of what those cultures brought to us even today, even now as we speak. Uh, it was There was a spiritual energy, if you will, all its own, uh, yeah. and it was exciting. Uh, uh, it was, a, a, quite frankly, it wasn't always pretty, <laughs> especially no. on the Roman end, <laughs> but it, it, it enlivened our curiosity as to what the human spirit can be and the complexities of human spirit. So I would certainly like to uh, delve into that if we can at some point. And I thank you. I, I humbly thank you for the opportunity to share that experience with you. And I'm honored that you are, and I thank you for uh, being my companion on this journey. Uh, I would like to just share some reflections if I can. Sure. Uh, Emerging from the decades when the mythical ideal took the form of flesh and heroic deeds, uh, I have felt blessed by the gods to be born during that golden age of the 50s and 60s. And uh, you know some of these names from Peplum Films came Mark Forrest, Mm -hmm. Steve Reeves, Brad Harris, Gordon Mitchell, Gordon Scott, Reg Park, uh, Dan Vadas, Alan Steele. Long before the generation of Arnold, Stallone, and others, it was this decade uh, that really exposed generations to the heroic form, uh, really causing thousands to reach beyond the unformed claim of, of their natural selves into the image of the gods. And even back in those days, of course, in the late 60s, early 70s, even prior to that, such a major influence, uh, uh, an energy, there's this wrapped itself around you. You didn't know anything else, but when you looked at a set of barbells and dumbbells, when you watched some of these films, you knew that 
this was your escape. This was your escape, perhaps, from the cruelty of the world, from the uncertain future at that time. Our, our futures were all uncertain. We were young, uh, innocent in many ways, trying to find our paths. But those of us who had discovered that world, we clung to that. We escaped back into the books of Greek and Roman history. And I know that till the day I die, if any nothing else uh, remains with me, with my spirit, with my consciousness, it will be that, the Greco-Roman experience. Uh, and even now as I speak, I get chills up my spine thinking about it. It's the only real thing I will take with me to the next vibration, if you will. Awesome. So, you know, most of these films uh, open the gates to reveal the grandeur of Greco-Roman history and mythology. So uh, in this series I call Body Sculpting Revelations, I would like to share some of the latest research of the Golden Age uh, as we pursue the physical ideal of that time. Uh, you know, and uh, with all of those great stars of that time, we know that with the West Coast boom in body sculpting and the reaching out, if you will, to create that uh, Greco-Roman uh, physique for ourselves, uh, there were some great names, you know, Frank Zane, Dave Draper, Ricky Wayne, who isn't talked about enough. Ricky Wayne, I don't know if you remember him. He had an awesome physique. Uh, he was from the islands, and uh, his muscle density was amazing. Uh, Harold Poole, Sergio Oliva, Ed Giuliani, Mike Katz, Mike and Ray Menser, Vince Gironda, Franco Colombo, who we recently lost, uh, Serge Nubray, I used to... I used to always say Sergio Bray was a, a tall bodybuilder, big man, but with racehorse lines. That's the way I used to describe the physique of Sergio Bray. Sergio Bray, I feel, should have been a Mr. Olympia at least once. Uh, he never was. And, of course, Arnold uh, in that picture. So what I'd like to do, if I would, if I can, is share some recent research in this area that I think we might find interesting. Sure. And uh, the first study I'd like to share is uh, fasting, cardio, and workouts. It has been reported that aerobic exercise after an overnight uh, rest, sleep, what have you, uh, accelerates rate, weight loss. Research has shown that low glycogen levels, as well as insulin, from an overnight fast cause your body to shift full and away from carbs, thus allowing greater mobilization of stored fat to burn as energy. So in work doing aerobics, participating in some kind of cardio, after a long fast or long sleep, uh, burns calories much more efficiently. So I think there's uh, certainly uh, benefits there in sculpting and trying to create that definition, that symmetry that we're seeking. So I definitely I think that would be, uh, be of benefit. So I was going to ask you, have you... Have you added any cardio to your program, or do you have any cardio system that you've incorporated into your training? I try to walk as often as uh, I can. Um, I mm -hmm. have neuropathy, uh, um, and uh, that makes it difficult sometimes uh, to do mm -hmm. cardio. Um, and mm -hmm. I do a lot of balancing exercises every day, so I can balance and walk and ambulate and all that. Um, mm -hmm. But... Uh, Cardio beyond walking, I'm not currently doing. Right. 
I wanted to ask you, uh, have you tried uh, doses, higher doses of alpha-lipoic acid uh, for your neuropathy? And if you have, have you found any success using that supplement? Um, I've experimented with alpha-lipoic acid uh, for like three-month uh, periods, and mm-hmm. now I'm on a what would you recommend? Would you recommend I up my dosage? Because I, I have apolipoic acid, and I have been uh, experimenting with it, but perhaps my dosage was uh, too low. I would I would definitely uh, see if higher doses would be of great benefit, along with it, along with being known for treating neuropathy naturally and successfully. It's also been it's also a powerful antioxidant. So I would certainly recommend that you give that a try. Are you utilizing fish oil at all? Fish oil, too. I took a break from the fish oil. The fish oil, I haven't been able to notice any uh, difference yet, so it could be I need to up the dosage on that uh, um, as well. As we've discussed in the past, uh, I'll give something like a a period of time, and I'll take the recommended dosage, and then I'll stop to see if if there's any difference. So I've discovered that, Mm -hmm. like, with lutein or and, and specifically with the brand Occuvite, um, I right. have not success, you know, with the vision, even with the standard dose. And whenever mm-hmm. I stop for a while, what will happen is I'll lose uh, vision. Uh, I've been experimenting with uh, um, a, uh, uh, a vitamin company that makes uh, like uh, vitamins for clear thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. Primarily vitamins for dreams. I've been working with my dreams my entire life, so that's something else that I do. I shouldn't make a show about mm-hmm. that, but that's another story. Um, but uh, I have found with the minimal dosage on that, if I stop mm-hmm. it, um, I start you know, forgetting more, and you, know, you get things like on the tip of your tongue and you can't get at them. Uh, so that was dramatic when I stopped taking it. So uh, I'm going to start taking that again and take a little bit more uh, to see what uh, happens with a slightly higher uh, dose. But the, the fish well, oil. That's, that's, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's so part of what we do, you know, uh, uh, from creative mind and analytical mind working together to find out what's best for us. And as you've said so many times, and we've we've pointed out in past programs, it's uh, we put out the research. We're not doctors, we're not clinicians, but we are researchers. And doing our own research, we could we share that with our listeners and with our uh, clients, and uh, hopefully it would be of some benefit. But uh, I'd like to know in the future uh, how you how things turn out with that, because uh, yeah, alpha lipoic acid has been known to be su- successful. Fish oil as well. It reduces the inflammation. It can help in terms of neuropathy. And I don't know if you have you tried MSM at all. MSN, yes, that was another one. Uh, uh, MSN, I was taking vi- uh, MSN in combination with uh, vitamin C. And, okay. Because uh, I, I recommend that you take it. I forget the exact uh, ratio, but there's like a ratio. Right. So I stuck with the recommended ratio. I went through one cycle of uh, three months. Uh, and uh, all the research I had done with that said that I would dramatically tell, you know, it would make a dramatic difference if you stopped uh, taking it. Um, I stopped mm-hmm. taking it uh, for a few months, and uh, I didn't notice any difference. So I went back on MSN, and I upped the dosage to a higher dosage, uh, keeping, again, the same uh, uh, ratio of uh, MSN and uh, the um, mm-hmm. uh, vitamin C. 
and that didn't do it. So I, I went off again in no difference. So uh, I'm going to go mm-hmm. back again because there's so much, uh, um, so many anecdotal uh, uh, tales of success using the MSN with vitamin C that uh, I'm determined <laughs> to see if I can get it to work for me. But I've, been, I've tried twice and now I'm on an off cycle. And when I uh, try it uh, back again in, in a few weeks, I'm going to up the dosage mm-hmm. Well, but that's part of the excitement of what we do when it comes to target nutrients, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, Mother Earth has offered us. And uh, it's our holistic destiny, I feel, to isolate these substances and use them to enhance our health. And, of course, we know without a shadow of doubt that when used on a regular basis, we can slow aging. You know, you'll never, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll always come into contact with something during the day, even oxygen itself, that's going to uh, uh, accelerate the aging process in some way. But we also know now, with through nutritional therapy and target nutrients, that we can truly slow that process. Uh, there was a recent study, and we've talked about this in the past, and it was just another study, I believe it was two weeks ago, uh, on my timeline, again, about aspirin, which is so very exciting how it can prevent uh, reoccurrence of colon cancer. Oh, and wow. we've, uh, I've, I've been following this research on aspirin very closely, and it's amazing to me what aspirin can do. Um, if you're suffering from uh, uh, colitis or ulcers, you have to be a little careful. Uh, but beyond that, it looks like aspirin has such potential, and you know it all comes back to what we've discussed in the past, which is inflammation. Aspirin reduces inflammation, and inflammation seems to be the cause of many of our chronic yeah. diseases, like cancer, heart disease, uh, diabetes. Uh, so, you know, uh, the research on aspirin, to me, is particularly fascinating. And this was a brand-new study. I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, so I'm certainly keeping an eye on that. Yes, definitely. I, I take uh, aspirin uh baby aspirin one a day right and, i uh, think that's yeah. a good habit to uh maintain uh another yeah, uh um, for that mm-hmm. and uh i was told if i stopped taking it the, the change would be so slow that i wouldn't notice it so i didn't stop taking it i just you know take it as a preventive measure uh, every day absolutely and i think that's very it's very wise to do that and you know it's interesting uh, it's really when you think now many doctors do recommend aspirin, but these revelations really didn't originally come from uh, the doctors. It came from research, researchers right. who discovered through trial and error that, you know, aspirin really does have this effect. Uh, the same thing with COX-2 inhibitors that were being used for arthritis. It was discovered that they seem to slow the growth of many kinds of cancers. So uh, researchers became very excited with this. The only caveat with COX-2 inhibitors is that they also seem to cause heart defects. So that's why uh, uh, most physicians, orthopedists, what have you, are a little cautious about prescribing them. But again, here we are again with the inflammation uh, uh, mystery. It seems that that is inflammation is the... uh, catalyst, if you will, to much of what we suffer from. So when you yeah. take, uh, you know, substance like aspirin, fish oil, MSM, 
some of these other things that we know reduce inflammation. It can go a long way on a daily basis to just slow that aging process a bit. And we know it can be done. We know it has been done. It's been proven in vitro and in, uh, in vivo. And so, you know, why not, why not apply this research to our daily lives as it un- continues to unfold? Very, very true. Can you recommend, like, what dosage do you take with the MSM, and uh, do you take it with vitamin C? I do. I take uh, 2,000 units uh, uh, daily of uh, MSM along with the vitamin C. I don't really balance it out too much. I just kind of like, uh, 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 for vitamin C, I usually take about 4,000 milligrams a day. I take it, okay. and with that, I take about 2,000 milligrams of MSM. Now, I just started back on the MSM because of the research I've been exposed to to see if it will help me with some of my joint issues. I have some joint issues in the knee. I've been dealing with an arm injury for many years, which has kind of hindered my lifting a bit. So I've just started out, but I take about 2,000 in uh, MSM along with 4,000 of vitamin C per day. So I can, uh, I'd like to share with you uh, what my experience is with those dosages down the road as you share with myself and see what we come up with. No, that that is awesome and uh, very helpful. I was uh, taking, uh, I think, maximally 2,000 uh, vitamin C. So uh, I'm going to be starting the MSM again uh, next week. Uh, so uh, I'll up it, my vitamin C to 3,000 um, mm-hmm. uh, if that's uh, more effective. But, yes, you're right. It's, it is the inflammation. Uh, I have found, uh, however, that uh, diet, um, in addition to supplementation, uh, plays a very uh, good role. Like um, Because I lifted weights, I was eating initially uh, six meals a day. And mm-hmm. I was by the body only digests maybe 30 to 40 grams of uh, protein, uh, and it takes a few hours for the protein to you know be digested before you give it more protein and so forth. Uh, and then uh, you know, and I felt fine, um, but mm-hmm. I learned about intermittent fasting, so I decided to give that a try, and I feel better mm-hmm. with the intermittent fasting. So I stopped eating um, around uh, 9, 10 o'clock uh, p.m. Uh, or sometimes earlier, and then I don't start until um, maybe uh, one, two in the afternoon. Today I didn't start until four and four in the afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. And I find that that long period of not eating um, does wonders uh, to me. I feel much better, and I have a lot more energy and a lot more strength. Um, and uh, so I, I've stuck with the intermittent uh, fasting. And now it's just basically because I'm eating in this new way, um, balancing out the, uh, the ratios of the uh, micronutrients or the macronutrients, rather, uh, right. the protein and the carbohydrate um, mm-hmm. so that, uh, you know, I, I'm optimally getting the nutrients that I need. Uh, because of things that you've suggested and that you've pointed to, uh, I am, mm-hmm. I have increased uh, the amount of vegetables I eat and the variety of vegetables I eat. And, uh, well, now I think I'm that's very wise, very wise. Yeah, through mm-hmm. the glycemic index now. So I'm, I'm revisiting right. the glycemic index and checking everything against it um, cause, uh, uh, because of the diabetes. Right. Uh, I, even, I think and even those of us who 
do not suffer from any of the sugar challenges. I think it would be wise to just, uh, you know, keep a chart handy in terms of the glycemic index and know what we're ingesting. I personally, I, I will not fib to you. Uh, there's time. I love Italian bread <laughs> and uh-huh. it's white bread. Yeah, I love uh, Italian bread. Is I've become. It's funny. Right into my 30s, I had no interest in eating bread. Now that I'm in my 60s, all of a sudden, I've had this great desire on a regular basis for Italian bread. I will go for the whole wheat once in a while, but I seem to enjoy the white bread more. Uh, you can't overdo it, uh, whether you're diabetic or not. It's not wise to overdo it with the white starch, but occasionally. Uh, I think it can be enjoyable and, and wouldn't be so harmful. I have on occasion, on a very rare occasion, but still on occasion, uh, a bagel, a sesame bagel. I love those. Uh, so uh, you know, maybe once a month or so I'll treat myself to uh, uh, a sesame bagel. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we need to treat ourselves once in a while. I yeah, don't think there's I, any harm. In it. You know, I, it's like anything else in life. Uh, we we will find the levels of uh, pursuit each one of us, and it's 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 our own personal journey. Like some mm-hmm. people shop uh, for uh, organic; everything has to be organic. Everything must be organic. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I I love beans. I think beans are a fabulous one of one of the healthiest foods on earth. Any kind of bean, whether it be chickpeas, uh, uh, kidney beans black beans, whatever it might be, whether you're bodybuilding or running, what I think it's a very healthy carbohydrate, lots of fiber, and uh, I love beans. And I buy bean Goya beans. I rinse the cans out thoroughly. <laughs> I put them in the microwave, sometimes mix them with brown rice, uh, spice it up with some uh, turmeric, uh, um, onion powder, black powder, and you know what? There's my meal for the day. So for me, uh, I don't think it's good. I'm going to add too many years to my life by being or by eating organic. Now, that's just me. You know, at this stage of my life, I prefer to just. I think that that's fine. But some people they believe everything must be organic to be healthy, and when I say that's perfectly fine for their journey. So you know, we all have our own instincts and intuitions that we do at any given time that feels right to us. I found that because uh, I, I love beans also. I'm I'm Greek, so I'm Mediterranean. I grew up on uh, a wide variety of uh, beans and uh, bean products, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, beans are one of the things that uh, set off my uh, diabetes now. Um, so right. I've had to minimize uh, my intake. Occasionally, I have some chickpeas. Occasionally, uh, very occasionally, mm-hmm. like maybe once a month or so, I'll have uh, uh, some lentil soup. Um, but that's about it with uh, the beans. I found that if I have more than that, um, I start experiencing mm-hmm. diabetes symptoms. Um, and that, so that's one of the things like bread that I used to love. Uh, I used to love bread my whole life. And uh, because uh, I'm from the islands in Greece, you know, these rural villages, uh, I grew up with right. baked bread, semolina bread, you know, Italian oh, type bread. Oh, so I, I miss all that, but uh, I'd much rather yes. not get so, uh, except for that occasional uh, treat, uh, I, I try to stay away from bread. Right, and uh, that's a, a, a wise choice. And my friend Karen, who you're familiar with, 
Uh, She's been diabetic most of her life, and uh, she's insulin-dependent. Are you insulin-dependent? I'm just curious. No, No, but that's good. She told me I'm informing for a while. um, Not informing. Yes, but now I'm not taking anything. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's great to hear. Testing myself, and hopefully uh, that'll last for a while. One of the things I found with that is uh, nothing works for long, and uh, that's uh, bad in a way uh, because you're constantly uh, experimenting, but it's good in a way because you're experimenting. So uh, it's bad and good for the same uh, reasons. Uh, And uh, like uh, like I loved peanut butter and almond butter and things like that. Now it's for and uh, like a tablespoon maybe every couple of months. Uh, if I have more mm-hmm. than that, uh, it, it's not going to be good. Um, and right. uh, um, I used to love beans, and then the beans became less and less uh, digestible. Um, and what I'm finding is that uh, a wide range of vegetables and then mm-hmm. certain and then certain meats, uh, at this point, I, I can eat as much as I want of those, and it won't even affect my weight or anything. Um, now you know, you're so about meat in general. Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I usually stick with beef. You know, rarely I'll have, very rarely I'll have pork or lamb. Uh, and okay. uh, in addition to beef, I'll have uh, poultry of some sort. You know, chicken or turkey. Um, right. Most beef, then with then poultry and uh, uh, turkey, then fish of some sort. Uh, fish mm-hmm. I love, and it doesn't seem to bother me. But because of right. what happened in Fukushima and then with the oil spill in the Atlantic uh, and what they're finding in the you know, stomachs and, and genes of fish, uh, I'm not as uh, um, enthusiastic about eating fish as I was. <laughs> so, That's understandable. I've read some of the recent reports myself, and it's not exactly – they're not exactly uh, appetizing. Uh, no. I have heard, especially salmon – uh, they're finding certain things in salmon that uh, uh, you best stay away from occasionally, even though I'm uh, predominantly vegan. Occasionally I would eat some fish, but some of the reports I've heard lately have uh, kind of made me wary, at least for the time yeah. being, consuming any salmon. Uh, the other study I wanted to share with you, uh, body sculpting revelation, if you will, is uh, how exercise increases fat use. Uh, researchers at University of Wisconsin showed that exercising 40 to 50 minutes a day will increase fat use the rest of the day. This means that exercise continues to help you lose body fat even when your workout is over. Another study showed that day-long use of fat was higher when subjects exercise intensely rather than moderately or not at all. So short, intense exercises uh, uh, workouts, basically, I guess, for, well, probably approximately a half an hour, 30 to 50 minutes, uh, go a long way to burning fat the rest of the day. So I thought that they were, they were interesting studies and something I uh, wanted to share with you. Yes, thank you. I, I started, uh, I wanted to do an experiment this year where I, one of the things I discovered, and I, I might have shared this with you, is that most of the things I decided about life, I decided when I was between 11 and 13 years old. <laughs> and uh, this is led to a mostly very interesting, interesting and exciting life. So uh, I'm not <laughs> regretting those decisions, but it, it is a 60 plus year old 
uh, it uh, you know made me uh, pause, you know, because uh, I, I didn't know very much uh, uh, in the scheme of things when I was 11 to 13. So I started challenging some of uh, these assumptions, you know, that I had decided mm-hmm. were true. Uh, so I, I started uh, questioning a lot of my fitness assumptions as well. So uh, I never really aimed for like a Lou Ferrigno type body. Um, right. I, I Peplum TV range, you know, where at the right. end was like Ridge Park, you know, and uh, then all the guys in between. Um, so uh, I already had that type of physique and I've had it for much of my life. So I was content, you know, with that. And, you know, I exercised mm-hmm. and I tried new things, uh, but I never really pushed, you know, for like a bodybuilder type of look. Um, right. So I so why not? You know, I, I made the decision because of uh, I didn't want to take steroids and uh, because I really like the Peplum movies. But, you know, and I'm not going to take steroids now, but uh, right. you know, maybe I try what would happen if I went for like a bodybuilder physique. Uh, uh, so that I started uh, doing my exercise a bit differently. And uh, I tried I try out various uh, products that are very different from what I normally try. And mm-hmm. I had great success with uh um, it's called the X3 bar, and uh, right. I've seen your, uh, I've seen your uh, 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 reports on that. Uh, how have, how has that served you up to this point? Well, it's been this is a sixth week, and I'm seeing dramatic results, uh, uh, mm-hmm. especially like on my uh, upper uh, torso, uh, my okay. uh, chest, bigger, my shoulders. Uh, and shoulders are an area where I usually injure my shoulders and have to work around it. Uh, mm-hmm. My shoulders are, are bigger than they ever were, uh, ever. Really? Uh, my traps are bigger. Uh, and my arms look, you know, pumped all the time, you know, like every single minute of the day. Um, and really? what's amazing about this is it's only like 10, 15 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And I think I think, and I haven't used that, but I I do use the bull worker when it, which in yeah. some ways uh, resembles that. Yes, very similar, yes. And I think some that what's contributing to your, I believe, what's contributing to your uh, progress up to this point is that while you're doing isotonic reps, there's that also con- uh, that continuous tension. There's certain yeah. a, a certain isometric. Am I right? Yes, there's a continuous tension. It's different from from like dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, any of the other like right. things I've done in the past. The D weights, uh, this this hits the muscles in a totally different uh, way. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've committed to doing the full twelve weeks. Uh, the the mm-hmm. where it doesn't where it's not as uh, visible. The results are with the abdominal area. So okay. Uh, after- this, uh, the next six weeks, I'm going to go back to what I was doing uh, before uh, with the abdominal mm-hmm. in addition to what I'm doing now. Because uh, here I could see uh, some, uh, you know, like uh, a six-pack type of muscles on the side. So it's hitting well, that's the muscles, exciting. but it's not tightening up the, the midsection like uh, my previous abdominal workout. So I'm going to reincorporate that when I take my break uh, after the next uh, six weeks and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm really happy with the uh, results, and uh, um, I haven't been this happy with uh, something since uh, when I first discovered Charles Atlas. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, which well, kept again, on again I think I, I I believe what you're saying is true, and I think a lot of that is because, ironically, 
while you're doing isotech, isotonic reps, there is a continuous tension, and I really do believe in that. I believe you. Yeah. I believe the isometric flavor can be incorporated with isotonic movements, and I, I think this uh, this tool you're using is an example of that. And talking about the Bullworker, I, I contacted the person who currently owns the company, uh, so he's mm-hmm. going to be a guest on the show um, uh, as soon as we incorporate, uh, uh, you know, the, the pre-recorded shows because he's not in a time mm-hmm. zone where we do a regular interview. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, if you like, I'll invite you on that show uh, with him, and you could report uh, your progress with it. I don't want to miss that because as you're experiencing with the X3, is that what it's called, I believe? The X3. Yeah. Uh, I've found the bulwark to be an amazing tool. And the fact that it's been around since the 70s, and I've just discovered it now, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit that. Uh, it is a tremendous tool for you. I mean, I get a pump in no time. And I, I seem to be seeing also that the separation in my shoulders. And at this stage of my training life, for me, my goal I want to see how much separation I can create in all three heads of the deltoids and in all three heads of the triceps because, to me, that's what makes heads turn. That's what makes heads turn. So that's my specific goal right now, to really bring out that separation. And I think the tool you're using and the bulwarker, I think, can accomplish, help us to accomplish that look, if you will. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I committed to 12 weeks of doing this. So I finished, this is a six week. So uh, when I finished this, I was thinking of taking a break for a while before starting it again and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, trying it, uh, a slightly, trying different variations of things, you know, to, to see if mm-hmm. I can uh, uh, have it be even more effective. Uh, and then incorporating some of the things, you know, that like the abdominals, for instance, you know, we're uh, slimming as well as muscle building around the abdominals. Um, so uh, um, I was thinking of trying the bulwarker during that time. And, uh, you know, the bulwarker hits a wider range of uh, muscles as well. Uh, so Well, it does. Know, it hits the chest. I mean, I noticed the styrations beginning to come out in my chest. If I just well, move my hand a little bit. <laughs> You know, you start to see those styrations in the chest. And I've always wanted more styrations, more cuts, if you will, in the chest area. And it seems that the bulwarker is bringing those things out. It's just like when you do uh, bench flies. You know, you're getting that stretch. uh, But I think the bulwarker supersedes bench flies in terms of bringing out those styrations in the chest. So, I mean, you get a terrific pump in shoulders, chest, even the forearms when you're doing those crunches. So, uh, yeah, I, I, all of this experimentation that we're involved in is really so much fun and so exciting as you see those little subtle changes in your body. It, it is. And uh, one of the things I love about the, the folks who are on this uh, journey with me uh, is that, uh, you know, they are enthusiastic about uh, um, body sculpting, you know, building a, a heroic physique like they had in the statues mm-hmm. of antiquity, like they had in the, these uh, movies. Uh, and yet everyone is dedicated not only to their health, but to the health of the people around them as well. And they're all mm-hmm. the first fit. Um, even if they're like selling something like, uh, for mm-hmm. instance, uh, Bill Hinburn of super strength training, he's mm-hmm. kept a lot of his 
lost uh, knowledge in print and uh, available inexpensively, uh, which is doing everybody a tremendous uh, service. Uh, but he is the first to tell you time and again, he repeats it almost on every show, that not everything that works for the people who wrote the book will work for you uh, and that you Absolutely. have to find what works for you and that no system uh, you know, will do it for you or will do it for you forever. That you're, you're going to have to constantly experiment, constantly uh, play with it and, and until you find what works for you. And then to know that one day you'll wake up and it won't work for you anymore. So you have to do something else, you know. And you know, that's what's, that's what's so much fun about this whole journey. And some of these younger people who I used to meet in the gyms all the time who just want to get strong and they want to get tough so they can beat up their neighbor and all. You know, and that's why they're in there. And unfortunately, I know a lot of a number of young people during those days when I worked on those that use drugs. They don't know what they're missing. They don't know what they've been missing with growing up with the ideals that we pursued. And I wish they would discover these ideals because they're, they could be influential for generations to come uh, long after we've uh, left this planet, if you will. And I'm so happy we grew up in a magnificent time during a magnificent time in body sculpting and body training and pursuing that ideal. And uh, it's it's gratifying to know we can do that till the day we die. I, I agree with you. And uh, once you discover that it's the journey itself that is of value, uh, then, again, it frees you from a lot of nonsense and uh, your enjoyment of uh, life increases uh, dramatically. So eventually they will come to that understanding if they stick with it. Uh, and I'm glad that we found it and we're certainly doing all we can to spread uh, uh, that uh, insight uh, to the best of our ability. Absolutely. A marvelous experience. Now, Michael, I know you're busy uh, and we've gone over our uh, time. Um, I was just going to announce some things. I don't have to announce them. If you have another uh, 10 minutes or so, I'd love to continue the conversation, but I know that you're busy and that uh, uh, you had some. Yes, no, I want you to make your announcements by all means. Uh, I have lots of information to share for future shows, hopefully, on uh, various nutrients, I think, can be effective even in terms of weight loss because I know that's a controversial area that I would like to share with you at some future date. But, no, I want you to go ahead and make your announcements because I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. So please do. Please do. Well, the the announcements, uh, again, in my, in my mind, I'd much rather talk to you for the next uh, 10 minutes if you're free. And the announcements, uh, I can announce them on another show. I can post them on Facebook. So, um, I, I, I much more enjoy speaking with you. Are you free for 10 minutes? I sure am. Uh, there is, there are some recent studies in body sculpting, uh, that I'd like to share with you, uh, more body sculpting revelations that I think are important. And, uh, one is exercise for healthy arteries. And this was recently published in the New York post. Uh, exercise makes blood vessels healthier, more pliable and less prone to disease. The inner lining of the artery is the endothelium, secretes a chemical, and I know you're familiar with this, called nitric oxide. That signals the blood vessels to relax when the heart needs more blood. Training helps the nitric oxide producing cells uh, to get in better shape. Exercise for at least 30 minutes, three to five times per week. Now, my, my inspirations in this area are uh, that's absolutely true, and we can enhance that nitric oxide a bit more 
through the use of beet juice, beetroot juice, if you will, beetroot juice powder, which I know is fairly widely available now in the market, and the amino acid arginine. Uh, I found arginine to be very effective back five, six years ago when I was suffering from a mild case of hypertension. Uh, Arginine seemed to definitely help to reduce my blood pressure naturally. So arginine, along with beet, uh, beet powder and exercise for at least 30 minutes, three to five times a week, can really create healthier arteries and healthier blood pressure. So that's a recent uh, uh, report in the New York Post that I thought was certainly worth sharing. And, of course, you know, they, a lot of many bodybuilders today, even back in the 80s and 90s, many of them did not pay attention to their blood pressure. It was shown uh, during multiple studies that a lot of these pros suffer from high blood pressure. So it's important while we are involved in our training and we love what we do uh, to keep an eye on, well, what's what's keeping us totally healthy, what's keeping us holistically healthy. Uh, So I think we need to keep an eye on that. And that's why at least at this stage of my life, it's not so much how heavy the weight is. It's the intensity. It's the pump. And it's the getting that metabolism working at a certain pitch, if you will. So that's why I like doing these combination sets like we were sharing last time, curls and squats simultaneously, uh, the deltoid raises while squatting simultaneously. It really gets the heart pumping, and I think that's important, not only for creating separation and symmetry, but keeping our hearts healthy. So I just thought I'd share that with you as well. Thank you very much. Uh, arginine is, again, one of those things that I, I've been experimenting with, and I'm on an off cycle with that uh, uh, as well. Um, I was I tried two things. One was the L-arginine. Right. And the other one was uh, something I got a GNC uh, called Arginmax, I think it was called, where it's kind of like a, a men's vitamin with uh, uh, arginine uh, added to it. Um, right, that, do, uh, that's to uh, uh, increase the testosterone, I guess. Am I right? Is, yeah, it includes, that, like men. Uh, particular supplement? You know, these vitamins, uh, um, you know, I guess, uh, help with all male things that you need when you're over 60. Uh, although right. they say over 60, that's, that's how they uh, label it. Um, so, right. yeah, I've, I've tried those, no noticeable results uh, that I could uh, report. So I'm on an off thing, right. but I'm going back on the arginine again at a higher dose, uh, too. I, it, based on my experience, I have found that, and you're correct, I think you're wise to do that. I have found these uh, propriety blends, especially from GNC. And so uh, you're seeing a lot of many dramatic commercials lately. Uh, yes. You know, how they'll boost your testosterone, your free testosterone. I have, and I, this is just an opinion, uh, I would caution people. I think most of these uh, propriety supplements that propose to uh, boost testosterone, your uh, performance in bed, your performance in the gym, are a colossal waste of money. And I think you're much better off uh, experimenting with one or two uh, isolated supplements rather than investing a large amount of money in these propriety blends, which more often than not, based on my experience, do next to nothing. So I think you're wise to go back just using the arginine uh, or the beetroot juice and whatever and see where you go from there. Okay, I'll add beetroot juice. I'm not uh, uh, taking that. You said they had it in powder as well. 
your beetroot powder. If it doesn't affect your blood sugar, I highly recommend it. Highly, yes. Let me type it into Amazon and uh, see if we start uh, yeah. that. Uh, I have found uh, I have found that uh, there is a uh, plant protein. I, I've been experimenting with different plant proteins, and again, everybody is mm-hmm. uh, different. Uh, but right. uh, what I have been working best for me is uh, the Sun Warrior, uh, whatever they do uh, to, to put that together. It hasn't bothered my, uh, um, even though it has some ingredients that I've had difficulty with in the past, uh, as a mm-hmm. concoction, uh, it hasn't set anything uh, off. Um, and it, it tastes very pleasant, and it whips up very well in my blender. Uh, so uh, um, I still have a few that I, I like went halfway through and decided, no, I'm not going to take this every, every day. Uh, either I had a bad reaction or it just, I, I don't feel anything. Uh, but with the sun mm-hmm. warrior, I've been feeling energy. Um, so, uh, Great. Uh, Wonderful. For now, until I stop feeling energy, I'll, I'll, I'll be putting that. And I will be putting, starting uh, next week, my MGM and vitamin C in there. I'll just put uh, the, the scoopers in there at a higher dosage. And um, they do mm-hmm. have beetroot. Beetroot is uh, around the same price as protein powder, it seems. Um, so I'm going to research it to see if there are any uh, problems with diabetics, and if not, I'll right. that put that on the uh, put that on the experiment uh, table. Absolutely, and I think that could go to a long way to keeping your heart healthy and your circulation healthy, which is so very important. So yes, I I, I I highly recommend you certainly give that a try. Uh, but I like I like the concoction you're using right now, and I know pea protein is becoming very popular. That's uh, protein from peas. Protein uh, with with straight uh, pea protein and straight rice protein. Um, mm-hmm. I have yes. difficulty. Um, hemp is okay. That doesn't seem to produce anything. And hemp is very high in fiber, so I've been using it uh, um, to get my daily dose of uh, fiber as well as psyllium husks. Uh, right, and, uh, right. So I have great confidence in psyllium husks to uh, to keep yeah. uh, blood sugars. At an even keel, if you will. And you had recommended pectin, so that's my next one to experiment with. Uh, uh, right now, I'm still playing with how much psyllium and how much uh, hemp uh, uh, fiber. Mm-hmm. You know, but what are the best proportions? I'm finding if I put the majority of it with psyllium and then just a little bit of the uh, the hemp, that seems to work the best overall. Well, I think you're on a, a I think you're on a quality low glycemic uh, uh, diet. Uh, it sounds great, and I, I, I think, you, yes, you should continue it. And I use apple pectin capsules by a company called Now. I get most of my vitamins from Swanson. I think overall Swanson has the best prices. They're highly reputable. And uh, apple pectin, along with grapefruit pectin, that's a, quite a bit more expensive. And grapefruit pectin is usually used for, to fight cancer. Apple pectin okay. has also been shown to slow the growth of certain tumors, but it's less expensive and it's uh, it's a stronger fiber in terms of lowering blood sugar. So, I, yes, I definitely recommend that you experiment with the apple pectin as well, absolutely. Awesome. So many things to, to, to try. Um, I found that this journey, again, for me, is very satisfying. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, even if I don't uh, follow a particular diet that somebody recommends or that works uh, for them, uh, just hearing them talk about it 
uh, and the logic that went into, uh, you know, selecting it and what it does and their experience with it um, helps my collective knowledge. And then sometimes at a later point in my journey, all of a sudden, you know, I might not have been prepared for the gift they gave me through sharing earlier, but all of a sudden I'll remember. And, you know, the gift at that time uh, becomes very useful. You know, what you just said is uh, so exciting. That's what the bicameral experience is all about. And we, we're learning from each other. We're yeah. learning from each other. And the, 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 the excitement of the journey really never ends because we will yeah. change as months, days go by. And that's what makes it so, uh, so gratifying, if you will. It makes me very gratifying indeed. Are you writing, uh, is this, will this eventually be a book? Because it sounds like uh, I'm, I'm really excited about what you're sharing. And um, I've written a couple of books already. I'm, I'm sure this would be something that a lot of people would want to read. Well, I, have, I, I do have something planned for this year, hopefully. I've, I've been dealing with some personal challenges in terms of mainly trying to help Karen with her challenges, her hospitalizations, her fairly frequent unfortunately but i have something called uh the dark cobra training manual and briefly it's uh dark cobra is more or less my alter ego i said to myself how can i share what i've learned at this stage of my life and make it fun so i created something called the uh mind body transformations secrets of the dark cobra it's going to be a spiral bound manual and i'm basically going to share my training recommendations up to this point, and I'm doing it through a mythological figure that I've created, if you will, called the Dark That's Cobra. Awesome. And it's it's a it's a heck of a lot of fun, uh, at minimal cost at best. And I'm working on it now. And I think uh, everybody uh, who's into physical culture, like we are, and exposed to it. I think we'll enjoy it, learn something from it, and have a lot of fun with it. So that I'm hoping later this year to have ready to put on the market for those who are interested. When the Dark Cobra is uh, ready, I'd love to interview him on the show. <laughs> that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> we have a couple of minutes left. Um, how can folks uh, uh, communicate with you and enter the the wonderful uh, world of research uh, that you're doing and uh, um, interact with you? Well, they can write to me, Post Office Box 129, Caldwell, New Jersey, 07006. I offer free holistic counseling. Uh, That's where my education and experience is with vitamin, nutritional supplements, diet, uh, open up the pathways for them to explore further. And I don't charge for that. And I also have uh, my creative health manual, which is uh, a $3 donation because I consider this a ministry more than anything else. And either check or money order to Michael Del Rossi at that same address, Box 129, Colville, New Jersey, 07006. Thank you again. Um, I enjoy uh, our conversations, and I know that all who are listening who are interested in this uh, area take uh, a lot away from them. And uh, um, I look forward to our further adventures. Uh, Be well, my friend, and I will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And thanks to all who joined us tonight. Until next time, this is Hercules and Dark Cobra wishing you journeys and amazing adventures. 
thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.